Do you know what time it is? Do you know what time it is? Of course we know what time it is. It's Tim. It's New York Giants Street Talk. Oh, bringing you a Friday episode. See, I knew I got the date right this time. Want to talk about a couple things today. Also have the on the mic segment, segment excuse me, with Anthony coming up as well. We got a couple of new segments that are going to be coming up in the near future. But you know what? Uh, I want to talk about Daniel Jones, my favorite topic. Everyone says I'm a Daniel Jones hater. Everyone says that I can't stand him, but no one ever wants to take a look at the fact that I speak the honest truth. I talk about facts and statistics, and I think it's funny that people that are supporters of Daniel Jones always go with facts and statistics. They, they use that to say, this proves this is what Daniel Jones is. This proves that this is what he, this, this is what he is. And this is what he is to the team. But as soon as you break down facts and statistics that are detrimental, detrimental to their argument, the argument then is at that point in time, well, statistics don't mean anything. Don't mean everything. They don't tell the whole story. So you know what we're going to do? We're not only going to talk about statistics. We're going to talk about facts. And this is how we're going to get into this. And this is how we're going to do this, have this conversation. This is going to be strictly facts. This is not, this is not going to be based off of, uh, of, of, uh, I'm going to say emotion or anything else. And one of the things I want to talk about immediately is the NFL rankings came out on NFL.com for the quarterbacks for the 2022 season. And I was reading the rankings and I've seen it all over Twitter where a lot of people are like, these rankings just don't make sense. These rankings are terrible. And I, I think to myself, well, why do they think this? What's the reason for, or what's the rationale for them thinking that this, these rankings don't work out? And then I noticed that Daniel Jones is 18th on the list. If you go through the list and you go through it subjectively, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to go through the list subjectively right now. You have Patrick Mahomes at number one. You got Jalen Hurts at number two. I got no problem with any of that. You got Joe Burrows at three, Josh Allen at four. You have Justin the Duck Herbert at five. I have no problem with that either. You have uh, Trevor Lawrence at six. You have Tua. Uh, from Miami. Uh, I think two was a little high at seven, but I do think he's in the top 15, uh, 3,500 yards, uh, over 3,500 yards, 25 touchdowns, eight interceptions, um, had the injuries, had the concussions. So I think he's a little high at seven, but I do think he's within the top 15. You have Jared Goff, Jared Goff, man. I made fun of Jared Goff unmercilessly and for a while now, but then he completes 65% of his passes, 4,438 yards, 29 touchdowns, seven interceptions. So he's, he's good at eight. You got Geno Smith at nine, 4,500 yards, 32 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. You cannot argue with Geno Smith at nine. You got Tom Brady at 10. Yeah, Tom Brady should be still be in the top 15 last year, but um, I think 10 might be high. You got Dak Prescott at 11. Don't have a problem with Dak at 11. Only played in 14 games, 66%, 3,371, 28 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. Interceptions were a little high. Eli Manning-esque on the interceptions uh, ratio. And remember, this is the regular season. This is not the playoffs. So let's take a look at that. You got Lamar Jackson at 12. You got Justin Fields at 13. I think 13 is a perfect spot for Justin Fields. Justin Fields to me, I think Ryan Poles is going to keep Justin Fields. I think he's going to trade that number one pick overall because I think that Justin Fields has the talent. He has that makeup. He has the ability to rush for over 1,143 yards, another eight touchdowns, threw for 2,242 yards with 17 touchdown passes, 11 interceptions, had statistically a better season outside of passing numbers than Daniel Jones. But for some reason, giant fans think that he's not going to be anything in this league. I don't know. Find that interesting, but I, I, I have no problem with him at a, at 13. I got no problem with Aaron Rodgers sitting at 14. Have no problem with Brock Purdy, who only started 12 games at 15, 1,900 yards, 16 touchdowns, four interceptions, 37 yards rushing, only one fumble in a partridge in a pear tree. I have no problem with him there. 
Kyler Murray, mm, Kyler Murray, I have a little bit of an issue at 16, but he should still be within the top 20, 11 games, 2,368 yards passing, 14 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Kirk Cousins, I think actually should be a little bit higher than 17 with his 66 uh, percentage uh, completion rate, 4,820 yards, 31 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. I have no problem with that. And then you have Daniel Jones sitting at 18. Now there are 32 quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks in the league, 32. And he's sitting at 18. And I've said this a million times before. And like I said, this is somewhat biased because it does come from another thing. But when you have 18, you're sitting at 18. You're saying there's only 14 quarterbacks who were not as good as Daniel Jones last season. So there's 32 teams. 16 would, you know, if he was sitting at 16, that's, that's average. That's league average. So he's sitting there at 18, which to me is statistically, you're looking at is a little bit below league average. So then you go on, you see Ryan Tannehill behind. Now, Ryan Tannehill is always compared to Daniel Jones. Everyone talks about how they're very similar. Ryan Tannehill, of course, only played in 12 games, 2,536 yards, 13 touchdowns, six interceptions. And then below him, you have Jimmy Garofalo. You got Jacoby Brissett. You got Matthew Stafford injury. Derek Carr, I think Derek Carr should be within the top 20 with his 3,500 yards, 24 touchdowns, and 14 interceptions with the dysfunction that has been going on with the Los Angeles, Oakland, Las Vegas Raiders. Then you got Andy Dalton. You got Kenny Pickett. And you got the likes of Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Deshaun Watson. uh, Let's see here. Mac Jones, Russell Wilson, Trey Lance, and Teddy Bridgewater. I have no problem with the list because, like I said, it's ranking the quarterbacks from 2022 in their final statistics. I have no problem with that. And I think the list is pretty fair. But if you look at it from a point of being fair, Daniel Jones is in the middle of the pack. And people have said to me before, you know, name me 10 quarterbacks that you would take over Daniel Jones. And really, there seems to be 17 quarterbacks that other people have taken over Daniel Jones. And there's a couple couple of quarterbacks that are below Daniel Jones that I would also take over him because I've said it before. There's nothing wrong with being an average NFL quarterback. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, hell people, like I said, Ryan Tannehill, Kirk cousins, but when you are looking at an average NFL quarterback and you want to pay him $35 million a year, that's kind of where I get a little confused and you look at it and go, okay, he had one okay season. And if you look at, and everyone talks about the game winning drives. And honestly, if I just did a uh, video with Mike too nice the other day, and you should go on this channel and watch it because Mike breaks down what Daniel Jones did statistically on those game winning drives. And I'm not going to ruin it because of the fact that it's in that video. So you should go watch it on Mike too nice's channel, but it wasn't impressive. So if you feel that Daniel Jones is your starting quarterback, if you feel that Daniel Jones is going to is going to move you into that upper echelon or move into that next level, you're going to pay him. But the problem is, we've talked about this before, there is no middle ground in reference to the salary cap. There's no middle ground. There's uh, some quarterbacks making 40, maybe one or two in that mid-level, and then everyone else making under eight. And you look at this and you think to yourself, okay, with Daniel Jones, how are we falling? How are we falling into that that rationale that he is worth thirty five million? And the thirty five million number is being bandied about. I personally think it's thirty five million average over five. Because if you're going to sign him back, you're going to give him hopefully a bigger signing bonus in year one. 
give him less of a salary hit in year one as well and separate that money guaranteed-wise through two and three. And like we did on Leonard Williams' contract, you give him the big nut in year three, that big that big chunk of change. The only problem is we've talked about this. That year three is Andrew Thomas's year. So if you swing and miss on Daniel Jones and you give him that big contract, you are screwing your cap in year three, and you're also potentially screwing your opportunity to give the money needed for Andrew Thomas. I'm just throwing I'm just throwing that out there. But like I said, everyone says you can win with Daniel Jones. You can win with Daniel Jones and you know what? They won 9 games last year. Everyone wants to talk about the 6 and 1 start, but nobody wants to talk about 3-7-1 following that. You don't want to talk we don't want to talk about that. We want to talk about the good, but you don't want to talk about the bad because it does not feed into your argument of why Daniel Jones is the quarterback of the future. I never begrudge a player for getting his money. Never do. Because of the fact that careers are too short in the NFL. You have what, like a four-year window? And, you know, so you, you have to get paid when you can. But you can't get paid when you can at the detriment to the salary cap. And I love when fans say, he should take less to stay with the team. Why? If you are doing well at your job and you have X amount, you're making X amount of money, and the and and the your boss comes to you and says, "Hey, listen, you're doing great. Now I gave Johnny a twenty thousand dollar raise. I'm only going to give you a ten thousand dollar raise. But you're doing more work to Johnny. You're better than Johnny, but you're only getting ten thousand dollars more, and he's getting ten thousand dollars more than you. So you should just be happy with that. No, these are people that are looking at not only from themselves as a career, but from their financial future. And I hate when fans say, "Well, they should just take less. Are you going to take less money at work?" When you go to your job and clock in, are you going to take less money to be there? No, you want to get the most amount of money possible. But here's the issue with that. Doing that in the NFL is a little bit different. Doing this in the NFL, you earn. when people talk about the contracts, when people talk about the big money that certain players are getting, we've gone over this. The problem is that some of these players have earned that money over time. They've earned that money because what what they did statistically. That's how they've earned that money. It's not just they did one great season and they got bucks and then they got they, then they got paid. Everyone can tar- compares, you know, everyone says, well, Daniel Jones is just as good as Ryan Tannehill or better. And I love it because if you think about it, you ask Giant fans, would you like Ryan Tannehill on your team? Do you think he can win you a championship? The answer is no. But for some reason, he's just as he's Daniel Jones is just as good or a little bit better than Ryan Tannehill. But Ryan Tannehill can't get you over the hump. Ryan Tannehill can't win you that big game. And then people are going to look at it and say, "Well, Ryan Tannehill gets paid a very large amount. Gets paid a very large amount of money to be average." And I love it because let's just go back and we're going to pull up Ryan. I have the I have I have all the statistics or I have all the contracts for quarterbacks. Going back to even the quarterbacks with that have been, you know, made the most amount of money entire in their entirety in this league. Right now, the Ryan Tannehill's average salary is 29 million, which is probably where Daniel Jones wants to be or where the team wants to have him at, which is fine. But if you look at the Ryan Tannehill contract, the cap hit was only 22 million that first year because he got a base salary of 17, a signing bonus of five, where you probably need to be with Daniel Jones. This is the perfect structure in some ways for this contract. Then what happened is in year two, 
his cap hit was only $11 million because he only got a million dollars in base salary, another $5 million in signing bonus, and he had to restructure another $4.6 million. So then you look at the fact that year three came in, that's where he hit his big number. That's where he hit his $38 million number. And then in 2023, it's going to be a $36 million number. Right now, the Tennessee Titans are panicking because they have a quarterback who's just as good as Daniel Jones or average who's making $38 million against their cap, excuse me, who make $38 million, and now is going to make an additional $36 million. And the one thing they don't tell you is he's got two dead cap years in 2024 and 2025 for $4.6 million apiece during that restructure because of the fact that that restructure was needed to sign players. They had to get rid of A.J. Green because of salary cap issues because of the Ryan Tannehill contract. And we've talked about this before. A lot of people use Ryan Tannehill as the litmus test for Daniel Jones. Ryan Tannehill still has been in this league and through for over 33,000 yards, 212 touchdowns, and 108 interceptions. He averaged anywhere to, he averaged about, he's averaging about 3,500 yards passing and 23 touchdowns for his entire career, which goes back to 2012. He didn't get his big, Ryan Tannehill did not get his big money payday. Until you know, for for a quite a while though, because if you look at his career earnings, it, seventeen is when he made the most substantial amount of money, which was at seventeen million, which was with the Dolphins. And then that following year, he he made another seventeen, and then he went over to the Titans, where he took a lesser contract that first year. Like I said, in nineteen, only made five, and then he goes through the twenty one, twenty two, and twenty three season where he started making the money. But the question has always been. Statistically, can you win with Ryan Tannehill? Can you get to the Super Bowl? And the answer to that technically has been no. But you're paying him like he is an upper echelon quarterback, which at this point in time is ruining your cap and not allowing you to do what you need to do to make a leap forward for a team that had a championship window going back to 2020, who has not done anything exponentially since because of the fact that they are hamstringed by their quarterback. The Philadelphia Eagles, the the Cincinnati Bengals, and, and teams like that have shown you the way. You win on a rookie quarterback deal within those first four years because after year five, you're going to get screwed. Patrick Mahomes is an admiration, uh, is, is not admiration, is aberration because of the fact that he has, he, he's other world talent. And he deserves to get the money that he is getting. Now, I also laugh because a lot of people say, well, you know what? He's better than Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones. And I'm going to pull up. I have, I have Kirk Cousins' entire contract value as well. Hold on. I got I to gotta pull, uh, pull up Mr. Cousins' contract, well, uh, contract value as well. I probably should have did this ahead of time. This is probably why I get in trouble all the time. But let, let's, uh, let, me do, let me do this. Let me do this one more time. Let's let's look at let's look at Mr. Cousins not only statistically comparable to Daniel Jones but salary wise comparable to Daniel Jones and I've actually have already done this um, and of course my internet's taking forever if you take a look at Kirk Cousins Kirk Cousins was a third round draft choice so he was never getting that early money early money from the Washington team because they also took RG three that same year he was kind of a weird backup plan now Kirk Cousins statistically if you want to compare him to Daniel Jones. It, there's no comparison. Kirk Cousins was already thrown for over 37,000 yards, 252 touchdowns, and 105 interceptions. Now, a lot of Giant fans will say, you can't win with Kirk Cousins. But if you look at his career statistically, because I know we don't like to look at stats, 
He's th- he's averaged over 4,000 yards since 2017. The only blip was in 19 when he had 3,600 yards. But he's averaged over 4,000 yards going back to 2017. And he's averaged 25.5 touchdowns a game and only 10 interceptions. And his team's record has been 7 and 9, 8 and 7, 10 and 5, 7, 9, 8 and 8, 13 and 4. Now everyone says you can't win with Kirk Cousins. He only completes anywhere. He completed on average in 17, 67% of his passes. So he averages over 27 touchdowns, 66% of his passes, and over 4,000 yards. But he can't, they can't win with him because he's not a good enough quarterback. Daniel Jones is a better quarterback. This is a guy that's thrown for over 37,000 yards and 252 touchdowns. And then you're going to say, well, you, you need to pay him statistically like, you know, Daniel Jones should be statistically like Kirk Cousins, even though statistically they are not the same. Now, if you go into Kirk Cousins' contract going back to 2022, he made 30, he had a $31 million cap hit that year. 2023, it's going to be $36 million. And then he's got two dead cap numbers for almost, uh, let's see, for $12 million and $6 million the year following. And these, these are just dead cap years. But if you look at statistically, he has earned that money. He earned his $36 and $31 million, not just over a period, not just over two seasons or one season, but going back to 2012. Like I said, if you take a look at going back to 30, you go back to 15 for Kirk Cousins, 4,000, 4,900, 4,000, 4,200, 3,600, 4,200, 4,200, 4,500 yards passing, 29 touchdowns, 25, 27, 30, 26, 35, 33, 29. These are numbers that are all world are better than Daniel Jones. But the problem is people say you can't win a championship with Kirk Cousins. Okay, well, you got a guy who's probably going to throw for, could potentially throw for 50,000 yards and over 350 touchdowns in his career. But you can't win games with him. And Daniel Jones, who had one average season, who's not anywhere statistically comparable to Kirk Cousins, is better. This, this, makes you, this just makes you scratch your head a bit, a little bit. And if you go back to Kirk Cousins' career earnings, his big year didn't come until he got tagged, I believe, back in 16, which was $19 million. Then his salary was 19, 23, 22, 27. He had that he had the signing contract where he got the $30 million bonus. He only had a $9 million salary, but he had $30 million signing bonus. And then he had $21 million after that, and so on and so on. So he structured his contract in a way that the team could still be competitive in Minnesota. That's what he that's what he did. And that's what he did over these 11 seasons. And then I go back and I think a little bit. I think a little bit. I think about some of the greatest quarterbacks in the, in, in the history of the game. One of the quarterbacks that always comes to mind is Drew Brees. Drew Brees was a guy when he was in San Diego, he was, he was okay. Then he blew out his arm a little bit. Then he, then he took that deal to saints and he became all world. He became all, he became the all world quarterback. But if you look at what his salary was and what he did contractually, he took, he took only two years, 50 million from 20 to 2021. He took from 2018 to 2019, he took, again, two years at 50. In 2016, he took one year at 24. 2022, he went to 2020, excuse me, I should say uh, 2021 to 2016, he took that five-year deal at $100 million, which was an average salary of 40. 
so yes, I know some of these numbers are skewed because of you know the way the the way these quarterback salaries are, but on average, he took less money, and he was a better quarterback, and he'll probably be a better quarterback than Daniel Jones will ever be. To the fact that he took twenty five million those last two years of his career, so he could help the team also win. Now, no one can compare Daniel Jones to Drew Brees. But like I said, if you go back to 2016, he was averaging $24 million, if not less, contractually. And he was more than an average quarterback. So you want to take this cash and players like Drew Brees and say, okay, well, Daniel Jones in some ways is better than Drew Brees because we're going to pay him more than Drew Brees, even though statistically we know that's crazy. The one thing I always go back to is the Eli Manning contract. Eli Manning made $252 million throughout his entire career. It was that last contract that killed him. That was that last four-year $84 million contract, $31 million signing bonus, $21 million average. And again, like I said, I don't begrudge him on that because of the fact that Mara, Mara has a tendency of not wanting to get rid of guys. And one of the things I loved about Wellington Mara and George Young that when the hard decision needed to be made, the Giants moved on from players. They moved on from Phil Simms in 93. They moved on from Lawrence Taylor. They moved on from Joe Morris. They moved on from Mark Bavaro because they knew that their salaries were not going to equal their production. And that's a detail I think the Giants should learn. And John Mara didn't learn that from Wellington because John Mara gave the four-year $84 million to Eli from two, at, you know, during that two, after that 2015 season, which again hampered and strengthened strung out this team for having a bad period of time because they were paying more for an average quarterback and they were overpaying for an average quarterback. That's what we need to look at. And those are actually the facts you look at and you compare statistically to what Daniel Jones in the league. He falls in the middle of the league. He falls anywhere between 18 to 23 in reference to quarterbacks. You are going to take a swing and hope, you hope in all hurry, you're going to take a swing and you're going to hope that he is going to progress in year five. And I love it because I, I, someone, I told someone in the comment section, I said, just tell me a guy in year five who took a Herculean jump that went to a Super Bowl. And I said, don't give me guys from the 80s and 90s because guys in the 80s and 70s, 80s and 90s could sit there and they could t- they will sit there and they could sit for four years as a first round draft choice because they knew they weren't going anywhere to be a free agency. So sometimes teams, especially in the eighties, would stockpile would stockpile quarterbacks. You know, they always come up with Brad Johnson, and I point out the fact that Brad Johnson had a leap in year three, and he was also on a team in Tampa that had a stellar defense. They won that because of him. So then they'll print out you know they'll say Trent Dilfer. I said, well, Trent Dilfer was in two thousand had an all world defense. They'll say Geno Smith. I'm like, okay, Geno Smith's a one-off, and I don't think he's going to get paid like he thinks he's going to get paid because of the fact that uh, teams are smart enough to understand that if you miss on this quarterback situation, it's going to be bad. But like I said, you need to think about this. And I love when people go Phil Simms. If one more person says Phil Simms, I'm going to blow a freaking gasket. Phil Simms in 79 was was the rookie of the year runner-up to Otis Anderson. He was leading the team in playoffs in 81 when he got hurt. 82 and 83, he got hurt again. 84, he was the first giant to throw for over 4,000 yards. 86, he won the Super Bowl. So, yes, it was, it was not the fact that he was not playing well statistically. 
it was the issue of him staying on the field via his injury. So that's that doesn't count. <laughs> that doesn't count. I hate when people bring that up. But the thing is this, like I said, you have to look at this logically. And I hope some fans do that. I, like I said, if you want to look at, and like I said, I hate it over and over again when people keep saying, well, we have 44 million, we'll probably have 50 million, we have the most. You have 50 million. Let's say we have 50 million, but the problem is you don't have a quarterback under contract and you don't have your starting running back under contract, which could t- potentially take up $40 million of your cap space. The Giants need to play smart, they need to think smart, and they need to be smart. And I have the faith in Joe Shane. I have faith in Brian Dable. And like I said, whatever they're going to do, they're going to do. But we have to wait and see. Uh, I don't think we have another show coming up for a week or two. So you know what? Hope everyone has a great weekend. Have whatever everyone has a uh, just, you know, st- be safe. Sit there and understand the fact that we are all fans, but you are allowed to have a difference of an opinion. And those that have a different opinion than you, You know what? Let them have their opinion because you have yours, and let's just kind of meet in the middle. Again, this is Tim. This is New York Giants Straight Talk, and I'm out of here.